0: You're listening to the Life Center Church Podcast.
1: Father God, thank you that we can come before you, Almighty God. Thank you that you care about the most minute of things in our lives. And Lord, it's by no mistake that we have a men's retreat coming up next weekend, and I I know that these ladies deserve the best man in their lives possible. So Lord, I pray that as we gather for those two and a half days, Lord God, that you would get a hold of each man in a way that you just need to get a a hold of, Lord God pray, God, that they need your fulfilling in your spirit, fill them. They need healing in their body, soul, and mind, may this be the weekend. And God, I just pray, God, that you would just change us from the inside out to be a better man for not only our family, but for the church as well. And Lord, as we come together now for your word, I pray may they see and sense what I've sensed all week long, Lord God, that you're going to do something special today. Something dynamic that only Almighty God could do. So we put our trust in you. I put my trust in you and believe you for something so so extraordinary that it would be no no one would doubt that this is is the God who really is Almighty. We trust you for these things, Lord, and give you all the glory. In Jesus' name. Turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, a very popular portion of scripture for us as Pentecostals. But I want you to see something here this morning, because my God can do anything. Look with me at verse 8 of chapter 1 of Acts, where it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me, everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. In order for us to do that, there has to be a power within us. Not just any power, but the power of Almighty God. You know, there have been songs telling us something really important. One of the songs that we used to sing uh, many years ago was, That's a mighty God, isn't it? That's a glorious God. There's a more modern song that we say. I think we just sang it last week. It says, Great Are You, Lord. And the words of the first stanza of that word says, You gave your life, you are love. you bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. Hallelujah. The reason I like these songs is because they remind me of how big God really is. Is your God a big God? I mean, is he really a big God? Does he care about you? In a little way or in a big way? Huge way, doesn't he? Is is it important? You better believe it is because you and I face problems. We face situations that are too big for us to handle. Can I hear amen on that one? We all face things and situations that are too big for us, right? And we feel awful, we feel destitute, we feel all alone, but for this omnipotent, you're facing this morning but he's big enough he's more than big enough hallelujah uh what i mean is that my god can do anything he can take care of all my situations and yours as well what situations are you facing like the songwriter who who penned these words serve. That's a God that I love. What about you? Is that your God? Does he care for you? Can he do for you what he's done for others? Yes, he can. Hallelujah. Yes, he can. When we say that God is omnipotent, we say that God is all-powerful. A young boy was on an airplane trip to visit his grandparents one Day and he was all by himself, and he happened to sit next to a seminary professor who was reading. and Noticed that the young boy was reading a take home Sunday school uh, paper. You know, just occupying his mind, reading a Sunday school class paper. And the professor decided that he was going to have a a little fun with the boy. And he said to him, "Young man, if you can tell me one thing that God can't that God can do." Can't do I'll give you ten dollars. The young boy responded by offering another challenge to the professor. If you can tell me something that God cannot do, uh, I'll give you a hundred dollars. You see, God can do anything. When we speak of God's power and strength, we are talking about His ability to do. Gonna stop him. Nothing's gonna get in the way. Nothing's gonna deter him from what he wants to do. Hallelujah. So when we want to do something, we have to consider our, our limitations, right? For instance, many of us were witnesses uh, to to the wiffle ball game that we had at our. So at 62 years old, uh, next time I'll be able to run those. That base, maybe not like I did at 16, but I will. But our God can do whatever He wants to do, and He has no limitations. Hallelujah! Aren't you glad of that? He has no limitations. Praise God! For example, I want you to ask. so big that even God could not move it? I'll give you the answer in just a little bit. Before answering that question, we need to understand a few things about this omnipotent God. When we talk about the omnipotence of God, we are also to keep in mind that the fact that God has other attributes that limit him from doing the things that he might ask, that we might ask him to do. Because God is consistent with who he is. Amen? One of the attributes is God is a God who, who is holy. Did you hear that? God is a holy God. He's not partly holy. He's 100% holy. 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 So if God is a God of holiness, if he was to sin, he would be violating his own attribute. Amen? So he's a holy God. Not only is he can he not sin, it is it possible for him to even tempt you to sin? So when you are tempted, that's not God. Did you hear that? Because he's consistent with who he is. That's why James clearly states in James 1.13, and remember when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God is never tempted to to, to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. He won't tempt you. Being a holy God, he is incapable of sinning and and of tempting us to sin. That would be beyond his character, so he's not going to do that. That would be like, like someone who, who knew absolutely nothing about calculus trying to teach you calculus. It, it's not going to happen. Right? So going back to the, my trick question, can, can God create a rock so big that even he could not move it? He can do anything he wants to so long as it does not violate who he is. Who he is. It is clear that nothing is too hard for Prophet would say in chapter 32, verse 17, O sovereign Lord, you made the heavens and the earth by your strong hand and powerful arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Hallelujah. Nothing. Matthew 19:26 says, Jesus looked at them intently and said, Humanly speaking, it is impossible. But with God, The reason I'm expounding on the omnipotence of God is, is because as children of God, we are not a powerless people. The qualifier is children of God. And contrary to what the world likes to think, that we're all children of God, only those who put their trust in Jesus Christ are children of God. We are a powerful people. Can I tell you, just kind of a side note? how powerful we are as a people? If we would just all get out and vote in our next voting, uh, uh, unlike 12% that got out, 12% of evangelicals got out to vote last time. 12%. If 100% of evangelicals got out to vote, we could change the, the United States of America. We could. That's how powerful we are. If we vote righteously, We'll change the world. We can do that. How has God empowered our lives? He has empowered us as Christians to live, number one, a pleasing life. Before we came to know Jesus Christ as our Savior, we certainly did not have a life that was pleasing to the Lord. How many know that to be true? You did not please the Lord with your life. No way gave our hearts to him as savior he filled us with his sweet holy spirit hallelujah and now we can live a life pleasing unto him praise God but the only way we can live this life pleasing unto him this omnipotent God remember he's so powerful he's so mighty remember in the old testament there was times people were living contrary to his way he literally opened up the earth and said suck them right in and closed it right up that's a powerful God Don't want to live contrary to that powerful God, do we? No. The only way we can live this pleasing life unto our omnipotent God is that He empowers us by His Spirit, His Holy Spirit, to live this pleasing life. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 says this finally, dear brothers and sisters, we urge you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus, to live in a way that pleases God, as we have taught you. You live this way already, and we encourage you to do so even more. Even more live this way. God gives us power to live a pleasing life unto him. This is not something that we can do in ourselves, is it? You can't live completely pleasing unto this omnipotent holy God all by yourself. It doesn't work that way. John 14, 17 says this. He is the Holy Spirit. He leads us into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it is, it is in looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and later. get this. God in you. Hallelujah. And notice that there is a second part to this Holy Spirit with us. Not the last line again where he says this is, this is in reference to Acts chapter 1 verse 8 where he says, but you know because he lives with you now and later will be in you. There's that, what, what the prophet had been talking about. The Holy Spirit abiding within you. impotent God, almighty, powerful God, wants to place his powerful Holy Spirit inside of you. Hallelujah. That's exciting to me. The Holy Spirit empowers us with his holy power. Someone once said if he only knew that what lies behind us and what lies before us are, are small matters. Praise God. What kind of power does it does he empower us with? He gives us the power to live a pleasing life unto him. Praise God. Sometimes we witness to people that don't know the Lord. They don't know him yet. And they say something like this. I, I, I would like to come become to be a Christian, but I don't think I'd be able to live the Christian life yet. When they say that, they're telling the truth. We don't know how to live the Christian life. Not in power and authority, but once the Holy Spirit comes in the side of us, then we know why, because He leads us, He guides us, He directs us. Each and every day, as a matter of fact, none of us is able to live this Christian life uh, without the help of the Holy Spirit. We need the Almighty God and His Spirit within us. So only after we experience this baptism in, in the Holy Spirit that we can truly live a life pleasing unto Him. Remember the verse said we just read before. But you know Him because He lives with you now, and later will be in you. In you, once God empowers us with His Holy Spirit, we become endued with His power. That's a that's an old word, endued, but it means we receive. We we, we are It's important. Notice God does not empower us to spend the rest of our lives just sitting in the rows in the chairs in the worship center. Uh-oh. Oh. Now it's getting personal. That's not why he empowers you with his power. God does not empower us to spend the rest of our lives just sitting in rows. That would be like buying a big fancy car with all kinds of leaving it in your garage. None of you would do that. I don't care what gas costs. You take it out and see what that baby can do. Right? Well, it's time to get out of the garage. Did you hear that? It's time to get out of the garage. If you want to feel the car's power, you got to take it out on the road. The same is true with you and I. We have to get out of see what God will do. you say you don't have to do it in church? No, you don't have to do it in church. Why? His spirit doesn't abide in the building. He abides in you. Get that, my friends, this morning. We have to get out of the garage. I think it, it was last year, maybe it was last year's parade. We were all maybe the year before. But do you remember? There was this beautiful float. It got right to the corner. such a bad thing. church sometimes. Because it's not just a one-time filling the Bible talks about. It means continually being filled. And some of us older saints, we haven't been at an altar, we haven't been at a place where you say, Lord, fill me again, saturate me again, fill me up again. And that's why we lack the power of in our daily walk. I don't know what it is, and I'll be honest with you, so that first church Sunday, very rarely responds to the altars. Shame on you. Second service, they come to the altars. I don't know what it is, but I'm challenging you this morning. When the altars are open, you come to the altars. Oh, I'm too dignified for that. I've been to altars years, ago. is such a, that I need him more and more. I need him to heal me. I need him to heal me. I need him to restore me. I need him to guide me. I need him to direct me. And you do too. I you going to sit there and say, well, I'll let somebody else go because I'm too prideful. And that's what it is. Hear me, church. Hear me. Much of the time when sputtering in part because we have not been continuing to be filled in the spirit once we have been empowered with the Holy Spirit we can live a life that is pleasing to the Lord the Lord wants to see you changing lives the Lord wants to see you touching other lives with his glory with his power much of the Holy Spirit is instructing us how to do this and that's what he does but what is the problem The problem is that sin has a grip on on people's lives, and and they have no power to break free of the grip of that sin. But God gives us the Holy Spirit within us so we can overcome these sins that easily beset us, friends. It's like a, a, a walnut tree or an olive tree. Do you know when they bear fruit? you know how they bear fruit? You have to graft them in order to bear fruit. No wallet you've ever received that has not come from a grafted tree. There's no olive that you ever eat that's not been grafted to have good fruits. We have to be grafted into the vine to get the resource from the root, who is Christ Jesus. That's how it works, friends. We within ourselves do not possess the power to live out this life that is pleasing to him. But as a child of God, we have access to this power of the almighty God. Hallelujah. Once we have been empowered by the Holy Spirit, we can live a life that is pleasing to God. But secondly, the productive life. The power that we have been given by the Holy Spirit produces some things in our lives. What does the power of the Holy Spirit produce in our life? He produces cleanliness. Oh, pastor, do you have to go there? Yes, I have to go there. Remember, he's the holy God. Romans six twenty two says this, but now you you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness and result in So that we do those things that lead to holiness and lead to eternal life. We certainly don't have this uh, when we're not saved. Um, Think think about your life and those around you that you know that are not saved. They don't live holy lives. They do anything they want to do, even if it gets them dirty, right? And it does. Sin lasts for a season, but it, it gets you dirty is dirty? We can't do this kind of life without the help of God's Holy Spirit. One of the most disgraceful things that can be said about a professing Christian is that they're an unholy person. One of the most complimentary things that can be said about a professing Christian is that they are a holy person. See no evil within them. See no ugliness in them problem well, today is that not enough teaching is being taught about a personal holiness in the life of the individual. There's not a whole lot of churches that want you to know that because, oh, you know, just be free, just come in, come in on Sunday, and get your fill, and, and, and live the rest of your life the way you want to live. Friends, it's not, that's not what it's about. Once you come to Him, once you filled with His Spirit, you're going to live. You're a slave to Him, and you do what He wants you to do. You live according to His will, not yours. Not yours. We can't be that holy without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. The powerful Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Too many people wake up each morning not thinking about what God would have them to do. They wake up thinking only about what they are going to do. And what He they want to do will destroy them because that's what you want to do may be inspired by the devil and not the Lord. So we need to ask ourselves, Lord, what do you want me to do today? When it comes to sin, only the Savior can save us from sin. Only the Savior. Listen to me real good now. Real good. There's no drug, no hospital, no treatment. go to some guru, you can't go to some self-help kind of thing. Only the power of the blood of Jesus Christ can set you free. Set you free completely. You need the Savior, the Holy Savior. There's good news for us Christians, hallelujah. If your life is full of the Holy Spirit, you will have victory over that sin issue in your life, praise God. That is why the scripture says to keep on being filled, because the sin factor wants to keep coming into our we can, can, have to keep continuing to be filled with His Holy Spirit. We need the constant flow of the river of life of the Spirit. If we rely on the baptism of the Spirit from years ago, we find that we're struggling with sin is because we're not being continually six, that sin no longer has dominion over us. Hallelujah. When he he is inside of us, he will produce a life of cleanliness, of holiness. If you're living a life contrary to that, then he's not in you like you think he is. Because he's consistent with who he is. Right? Yes. But what is the second part of that? produces cleanliness, but he, he, he also produces converts. Oh. Acts eight says it this way. You read it, but here you go again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth can't do that without producing, reproducing yourself. Look at these words. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. That's what that scripture says. We we have many people today that that claim they've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Some might even say, "Uh, Pastor, I'm filled with the Holy Spirit because I shout all over the place. I don't care how much a person shouts. That does not mean that you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Oh, pastor, I'm I'm filled with the Holy Spirit because I speak in tongues every time I open my mouth. According to the scripture, the the reason for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit is not to speak in tongues, but to be a witness. tongues is the initial physical evidence. It's a sign. You've been filled. But it's not so that you can speak in tongues every time you turn around. It's so that you will be a witness to those around you. A witness witness is with the power of the powerful God. Hallelujah. That is why so many missionaries around the world, even non-Pentecostals, they get out there where they're fighting heavy The, the demonic powers People come into them to their meetings filled with a demon and they realize they can't do it from the teaching they got in seminary. They gotta go to the source of power, the Holy Spirit. And that's why two years ago the Southern Baptist said, well, for our foreign missionaries, it's okay to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's not enough. surrendered to Him. But you need to receive His holy, powerful power in you to defeat the, the enemy, even in the enemy's front line or backyard. And some of the places you go to, some of the people you encounter are so filled with the spirit of the enemy that you need the mighty, powerful spirit of God in you to witness to them and bring them to their knees and surrender to them. Thank God that many in this church have been filled with the Holy Spirit. How do I know that? Because people are still getting saved in this church. Hallelujah. But do you realize that there, there's assembly of God churches in our, in our even in our state? Because we have to report this every single year. How many get saved in your church, got saved in your church that, that year? And some people will put That's why there are some Assembly of God churches in, 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 in even this in the state that they just get older and older and older because they're not winning anybody to the Lord. And so the same elderly saints, they went from their 30s to their 40s to their 50s to their 60s to their 70s to their 80s and then to heaven. And they won nobody to Jesus along the way. So there's nobody coming behind them to keep the church going man, that's not the. That can't happen to life-centered church. And it can't, and it won't. Because we're not going to let it, right? We're going to witness to people, and, and, and young and old alike, and tell them about this great God that can, can do amazing things, because he's a powerful God to do amazing things in their lives. You don't go around telling people that Seeking, you, you can't tell them you're with the spirit, you're not seeking to save the lost. You cannot force anyone to be saved. I'll, I'll admit that. But you can actively seek to witness to those that are lost. You're going to lunch today, go in the power of You can actively seek to witness to those that are lost. And if you witness it in, in, is, is full of the power of the Holy Spirit, you will see people saved. Hallelujah. And there's no greater, more powerful testimony than somebody getting saved. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Holy Spirit of God produces cleanliness in our lives, so maybe we we need to get filled again, so that we can live cleanly before Him, holy before Him. But it also produces converts in our lives through us. You know the rainbow, and I hate the fact that a certain part of our world has stolen what is the biggest, one of the biggest promises that God has displayed. The rainbow is so beautiful. When we see it, what do we do? We have to share it. Right? We take a picture of it, and if no one's around us, and we say, look what I saw this morning coming to the office. Or we go outside and, oh, look, come, 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 come look and see this beautiful rainbow in the sky. Why? Because it's so beautiful. We have to share it, right? Well, the same is true about Jesus. Jesus. The one who saved us. The one who's healed us. The one who's provided for us. The one who's protected us. The same as you. Come look and see what he has done for me. And he'll do it for you. He's more beautiful than any rainbow. Praise God. The gospel is a beautiful expression of the powerful God that we serve. Let me conclude. A man by the name of Jack Henry this. There used to be this bully that would demand my lunch money every day. Since I was smaller, I decided to give it to him. Then I decided to fight back. I started to take karate lessons. But the sensei wanted $5 a lesson. Thought for a moment, and I decided it was cheaper to pay the bully, so I decided to give a karate Too many Christians believe that it's easier to pay the bully than to learn to defeat the enemy. It's going to cost you. The all-powerful, omnipotent God has given us his power now. We must see the power. We will receive the power to live for his his, his holy glory about this omnipotent God that it has the power to change lives as we share this with those. He has the power to save anyone. I mean anyone. Some of you were the anyones. <laughs> you know. But you got saved, right? You're a walking miracle. Years ago he said, there's no way I'd be sitting in a church in 2019 and praising God and lifting my hands. There's no way. He's an all-powerful God, and you're here today. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. He has the power to save anyone who asks for his salvation, no matter how deep the sin they committed. So as a child of God, we live lives that should reflect his glory, should reflect his power. should should have the power to live a pleasing life unto him and and to produce cleanliness, holiness in our lives and produce converts. Why? Because that's his desire for you. That's what he wants for you. To have a church that's powerful, glorious, and active with the working of his Holy Spirit Same thought uh, with excitement and fear. Excitement. morning and you've heard of this almighty, all powerful God and you've agreed that he is but do you agree enough that if you're sick in body you would come and Save anyone, no matter what sin you committed. If you believe that, then you you need to come and put 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 your money down where, where where it counts. Save me, Lord. I committed horrendous sins against my family and against my God, and I need to be forgiven. My friends, he is powerful enough to do that and everything else we ask. So this morning, Lord, I pray that. As the music begins to play, as, as as the sing songs begin to be sung, as, as that we would surrender, Lord, we'd get out of our seats and come to an altar, kneel at an altar, and lift our hands and say, "Lord, I'm ready. I want to receive my forgiveness. I want to receive my." Eve. That's who he is. He's our Savior.
0: for joining us. For more information on Life Center Church and our ministries, visit lifecenterchurch.com.